Some of the things we do as a family is very similar to the way I did them growing up. Just as my parents passed culture to me, I'm now passing it on to my children. Welcome to the Family Culture Project, Episode 4. Today we'll talk about how your past impacts your present family culture, and then we'll show you how you can examine the past so that you'll be inspired to plan for the future. So Carl, tell me some of the things you remember about your childhood. So one of the things that I guess sticks out in my mind is that when we would get home from school, we would always go out. So we would always not be in the house. We'd be playing on the corner or playing with our friends. We'd play with my dad in the backyard. We'd start playing handball. Other kids would come around and it'd become like a tournament. So we'd always, I guess the thought is around just being outside, not sitting at home and watching TV. Um, and the other thing um, I guess that comes to my mind more immediately is, is home-cooked meals. So pretty much every night, my mom would have a nice, good home-cooked meal. I, I do also remember going along with that was um, with a home-cooked meal all the time. My brother and I always had to chip in, so it was either do the dishes or clean up the table. Yeah, growing up, I remember road trips. That was the one thing that my family did pretty often. My family didn't like to fly, so we drove everywhere. Plus, it was cheaper. We would go to my grandparents' house pretty often. We had family in Florida, and we'd go see them. Anywhere that required us to travel, we drove. So I have lots of memories of being in the back seat with my brother, playing road trip games. I also remember going to church. That was something we did every week. And every week when we came home, there'd be a home-cooked meal that my dad would make waiting for us. So culture is the norms, the values, the belief, and the customs of people that are passed down from generation to generation, often without even realizing it. So Carl and I carried many of these things into our family. Some of them were on purpose and some of them without even thinking about it. Carl, what were some of the things that you did in your childhood that looks nothing like our family life now? I would say when I was a kid, we played a lot of what I call the backyard corner sports, not a lot of organized sports. And I love it. I mean, I love the organized sports. If anything, it just makes me think back to my childhood and wishing that I had done more of it. And then the other thing is uh, church and the community that kind of comes along with it. It's one thing that in my family, when we were growing up, we would go to church, but it wasn't for communion or it wasn't some sort of a major holiday event. Um, we weren't there that often. So um, it's a little bit different than we, than we experience today. Yeah. You know, growing up for me, daily life at our home definitely looked, looked different. My dad was home every night for dinner because he had a job closer to home. And we ate dinner, all of us, at the same time every night. He also loved to work in the yard on the weekends, and he enjoyed planning surprises and vacations for our family. So as we mentioned, some of the things that are showing up in our family today are showing up without us thinking about them. Some of it's showing up because we've intentionally decided to make it a part of our life. So for example, playing outside, playing with our kids in the backyard, shooing them out of the house during the week, that came naturally for both of us because I too spent a lot of time outside. Also something that came pretty naturally for us was road trips. Both Carl and I experienced travel as a family and we knew that that's something that we wanted to pass down to our children. But we didn't even have to talk about it. It was something that came natural. We started doing it before we had kids, and it was a natural transition after we had them. And then perfect examples of things that we intentionally brought from our past into our family that we have now is home-cooked meals. My husband, Carl, loved home-cooked meals, and when we were dating, he specifically asked me if I liked to cook. It's because it was important to him, and he wanted to see it show up in his new family. And I enjoyed cooking, so I made it a priority for us to have home-cooked meals together. Yeah, she didn't know it at the time, but that was a major check-of-the-box event for me. <laughs> Also, going to church, we had to decide to intentionally make part of our lives. 
It didn't come natural for Carl to go to church. And in order to do it well together and to make it a priority, we had to decide ahead of time that it was something that we were going to commit to. You know, I, I think it's really cool, at least we, as a family, we love church. So we're always at church on time. So we talked about being late all the time. We're in church, we're on time. And if we're on, not on time, <laughs> we basically don't get our main seat. Um, we always like to sit in a particular spot and people know that we're there. And that's part of part about building community as well with it. So clearly our past experience, including our past cultures, affects our present and our future. So Carl, I want you to tell me a little bit about how this plays out in the workplace as well. Do you see and experience people's past culture affecting their present work and their future work? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's two ways to think about it. When you have a firm, and we talked about Disney before, but when you have a firm like a Disney that has a strong culture, there's there's purposefulness around that culture and the hiring around that culture and the training that comes with the hiring that you do that goes beyond what a typical um, company's culture is. And so when you're in a firm that's um, strong on culture, a lot goes into the hiring. So you're, you're putting a lot into making sure that person will fit in with your culture. But when you're in a culture that's more of the default variety, you're hiring around the smartness of the individual rather than the cultural fit of the individual. Sometimes you're making mistakes because you'll get somebody into the organization from maybe another, you know, if you're in a big company, maybe from another big company, but the culture, the default culture that they had in that company was so different. Um, The way decisions were made were so different that when they get into this new environment where it's kind of flat, you really need to walk across the organization um, and, and, and build relationships to really get things done and be effective, they sometimes struggle. So once in a while, um, you, if you have a hire that is not able to adapt to the culture that does exist there, you run into problems. Yeah, and I mean, that happens totally in families. Well, the one thing is we can say is you don't get to hire your kids, but since we're the leaders of this organization... Um, we get to set the culture. And, and if the, the big question is, are you doing it on purpose? Or are you doing it by default? Yeah, no, I agree. So just like in the workplace, I think being upfront and intentional and talking about your expectations sets you up for success. So whether it's a new hire or whether it's your children, talking to them about the culture you'd like to have and that you want to build will go a long way. You know, in a family, when a spouse or even um, any member of the family is tied to their past or a different way of doing things, I think a few things happen. I think people get stuck into doing things the way they're used to doing it, the old way. And I think that prevents personal growth. Well, I mean, I guess the same is true for business. If you were in a company for 10 or 15 years and and you had a mindset of doing things and getting things done in one particular way, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get a new job, new organization, or it could be just a merger and, and all of a sudden you have a new, new leadership and they do things in a completely different manner. Then you kind of get, like you said, stuck. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you might not know how to operate. You've done it for so long in one particular way that you're stuck. And if it's not, um, you know, if you're not around a culture that embraces change and embraces consistently improving, you'll, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you may think it's your own personal problem, but really it affect it, it affects others. Anytime you say this is just the way I am, this is the way it's always been done, you prevent others in your organization or in your family from achieving success because I think ultimately it causes conflict and that fo- conflict's not good for anybody. Well, the one thing that we can say about this topic is is that is time. Time is one we always use 
there's never enough time, I don't have enough time, I don't know how the heck we're going to be able to do this, that, or the other thing. Um, but with comes comes to culture, there's good news in the sense that time is on your side. And, and, and here's what I mean. Um, you know, you don't have time not to be purposeful about your culture and your family mm-hmm. because it's it's having a defined culture with the, with defined values that makes actually your life much easier and gives you more time. And the reason that is the case is because you know, making decisions become easier. Are we going to go here or are we going to go to this event or are we going to go to that event? It becomes very simple um, to decide because what fits in with the values of your family. It, and, and it helps alleviate the yes syndrome, which is you're you're asked to do a lot of things. Yes, I'm going to do that. Yes, I'm going to do this. And you, you overload yourself and then you, and by default, have no time because you don't, if you don't have the value system you don't have that cultural you know foundation yeah i like that person i'll say yes you're saying yes to too many things and and you're creating a situation where you have the you don't have the time so point is you don't have time not to invest in defining and being a family that has a strong purposeful culture rather than a default culture yeah no i think that's an excellent point and i can see how that would play out in the workplace you would become inefficient if you're doing things the old way. Yeah, you never feel good about always thinking you need more time, more time, more time. You know, living with a strong family culture, it doesn't mean you never make a mistake and waste your time doing something, that's for sure. But um, it really helps to help you live a life for you and your family where you're enjoying those moments because you're choosing where you really want to focus your time Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're enjoying it. Yeah. So there are many reasons why it's important to look at your past when you're thinking about culture. One of them is to recognize the default culture that was at work in your life. So when you look at your past, you eliminate the assumptions that create conflict. So by my husband and I looking at my past and what I experienced with my parents and specifically with my dad, with him being home for dinner, we were able to eliminate the conflict of me getting angry and getting frustrated when he wasn't coming home for dinner, at least eating with us at the earlier time I was used to growing up. When we eliminate those past cultural expectations and get on the same page with our spouse, we're able to stay away from anger and bitterness and resentfulness that can occur if we are just operating in a default culture. So just like we mentioned in our last episode on assessing your family culture, this simple step sets you up for success. It allows you to pick what you want to bring forward and decide what you just want to leave behind. And the fun part for me, because I'm a creative type, is to mix and match our traditions and customs and then create new ones. What we're about to share with you is a great way to discover what's important to your family. It's only in doing this that you can intentionally make it show up in your life now. That's because you'll default to what's comfortable and easy if you don't recognize your existing culture, the culture you experienced in the past, and set out to change it. And remember what I said about this, is that you really just don't have the time not to have a defined, purposeful culture. You know, living by default culture is always more frustrating and will always take more of your time away because you're just not equipped to make the decisions you need to make to, um, to decide where you're going to spend your time and how you're going to spend your time and then enjoy it along the way. So whether you're doing this process alone or with your spouse, I highly recommend that you put time aside specifically for this. Make time for it on your calendar. You won't just get around to doing this and you won't just find time to do it either. So make it a priority. Make it like you do a date. Grab a cup of coffee. Grab a glass of wine. 
head out to your local eatery, but make it happen. So here are some questions that you can answer to get the conversation started. Ask yourself and each other, where did you spend the most of your time as a child? Was it at home, at a friend's house, and why? So as a child, we spent a lot of time in two main areas, I would say. One, playing in the neighborhood, so I guess just with friends. And then two, we spent a good amount of time at my grandmom's, house, my grandmother's house for a good portion of our childhood when she only lived really a few blocks away from us. Um, not only would they come to our house, I remember also going to her house a lot for lunch during school. Yeah, so fun that she was so close she could do that. Yeah, she always had my favorite lunch meat and always had my favorite sandwiches ready to go. <laughs> Another question is, what are some of the favorite memories and traditions you had growing up? These are good because you can decide if you want to bring them forward. There was a time in my life I had all these kind of traditions and customs with my family. Then I went to college and then I lived on my own and I kind of stopped doing all those things, right? Because I wasn't in that sort of family environment. But I think once you get married and you start having kids, you start to remember those family traditions, those memories, those customs. And I know for us, I definitely had a desire to bring some of those back. I think the biggest one that you brought forward with the traditions is the games, right? We're the king of mm-hmm. games at this point. Mm-hmm. So growing up, we really enjoyed playing games. When we would go to my grandparents' house, we would play card games. And what's interesting is that a lot of our gift giving did revolve around activities and treasure hunts. But it actually wasn't until I was much older, I'm pretty sure until I had a family of my own, that my dad really started to create these games from scratch and started introducing them to our family. And now we've kind of taken the baton on that. And now my kids are really excited about creating games, bringing games to um, family events and continuing that tradition. Yeah. The funny thing about that I I would expand on is that your dad um, has a really unique gift around that, that side of entertainment. It's so much so that not only just we as our immediate family um, us and our children enjoy it and then they've mm-hmm. kind of passed it on but think about it when your dad brings the game to the to our my side of the family's mm-hmm. thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. they're always surprised at how much fun it is and they can't wait for the next year yep. when he brings the next new game yeah because it was a lot of fun so it's 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 it, it becomes a an amici thing but we're really taking it from your dad yeah And they expect it now, which is fun, which is exactly what culture is. Right. Another question you could ask yourself and discuss with your spouse is, what did a typical weekday look like in your home, a typical weekend? Now, this certainly varies from family to family, so I'm pretty sure that your spouse probably has a different experience than you. Yeah, so for me growing up, uh, you know, a typical weekday, my parents both work, so a typical weekday is we'd go to school, they'd go to work, we'd have a family, you know, we'd play after school and outside again, (laughs) and then we'd have a good home-cooked meal. Um, we might watch a show, and, and then my parents, if it was the winter, would turn the heat all the way down so we'd freeze by the morning. <laughs> and then and then turn it up in the morning. My parents were always trying to like save, save a dollar here and there, but I do remember that. So that kind of leads us into the next question of what could you always count on as a child? It sounds like you could always count on the heat going down at night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, always being cold in the morning and then, you know, the, until the heat was turned back up. So my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I think that she did worked several part-time jobs, but I could always count on her being home when I got after, home after school. And so our experience was certainly different. One other question we could ask is, what were you missing as a child or young adult? One thing I thought I was missing as a child, and, 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 and it's weird that I actually I remember thinking this when I was a kid, is I had one brother, but I always kind of wished I had a sister um, because I felt like, 
as a, a dumb boy. You know, I just call it a dumb boy. Didn't know anything about girls. I kind of always wish I had a sister to learn something from, you know, so so it wasn't, girls weren't so mysterious to me. Ten steps forward and we've got our own kids. Guess what? We've got two girls and then we got one boy. So look at that lucky boy at the end, learning, yeah. learning a lot from his sister. So I'm totally jealous of him right now. Yeah, and I only have one sibling too. And so that's a perfect example of something that we decided that we did not have as children was that additional sibling and we wanted to provide it for ours. Yeah, we were always pretty much three out of the gate, and we were we were saying we were up for four, but you know, three was kind of the minimum. Even though, um, who was know, up for four? You were. I, I, was, I was potentially <laughs> up for four. Yeah, no, I don't. We weren't. I thought you were. <laughs> so we realized this process may be difficult for some of you, and that's okay. I don't think any of us have come out of our childhood thinking that it was perfect, that all of our needs were met. And if you do find yourself looking back and having a difficult time. Just make sure you don't camp out there. This exercise is not to bring you down, but it's meant to help you understand what you want your life to be like going forward. So to recap for everybody, it's really important to look at your past. Recognize that the full culture that was at work in your life. Avoid assumptions and therefore avoid conflict. So don't assume that your husband's going to be home for dinner if he's not going to be home for dinner. <laughs> it allows you to pick what you want to bring forward and decide what you want to leave behind. And it also gives you the platform to create your new traditions, create your new values that you want to bring into future generations. You can examine your past by simply asking yourself a few questions about your experience growing up. So if you missed any of the questions we mentioned in this episode, that's okay because there's a discussion sheet that is available for you in the show notes. Not only are there questions there that will help you dig into the past, but also a few bonus questions that are designed to help propel you into the future. Next week's episode will help you start the conversation about your family's culture. So remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.